It's issue number 45 of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics of the 80s. We're in the 80s now. I'm still stoked about it. I'm Andy the Fire, and with me are my co-hosts Shane, Life Incarnate, okay, and Rory the Phoenix. Cool. We're a little bit, little bit themed today. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. Uh, it's Dark Phoenix Day. But today... Uh, we, we we feature Daredevil and the X-Men, and it takes us from April through August of 1980. And I had a glut of things to choose from to talk about today for, for my bummer segment. And so here's a, here's a short list. Uh, this one's for Rory, uh, who got mad at me last night, last week for not mentioning it. So uh, Reagan officially wins the nomination at the RNC and uh, the Republican Party drops support of the Equal Rights Amendment. Cool, guys. Everybody's <laughs> super cool. Everybody's favorite party. <laughs> they're, they're our favorites. They're the heroes of our story. <laughs> Better watch out. The Sunshine Skyway Bridge in St. Petersburg, Florida, is crashed into by a freighter, and six cars, a truck, and a Greyhound bus plummet into Tampa Bay, killing 35 people. Yikes. That's a bummer. That's a big bummer. It's a certified is it, bummer. <laughs> is it more of a bummer than the other one? Or <laughs> I don't know. Cosmically, I, I'm not. I'm not positive how many lives were lost because Reagan became president. I'm assuming quite a lot. Everyone Ooh. who's died in America since he ran for president has <laughs> been impacted. Even the, even the ones of old age. <laughs> Ooh. Well, they didn't get health care, did they? <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're so spicy today. The spice. <laughs> I live. Uh, also, the guy who was driving that that freighter, I looked it up. He apparently was exonerated in court because uh, the Coast Guard and various other people were able to sort of point at the fact that the weather was absurd. There were like 70 mile an hour winds and he did everything he could, but he still crashed into the into the bridge. Yeah, of course he did, because he was a good driver, because in 1980, he was part of a, u- a trucking union. <laughs> no, this is the boat guy, but I, I fully agree with you. <laughs> oh, freighter, yeah. <laughs> Freighters are boats. Either way, everyone had them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, this one's relevant to, to us, Rory and I. Uh, Mount St. Helens erupts in our delightful state of Washington. It, uh, it kills 57 people and causes $3 billion of property damage. I was not alive, but obviously my parents were, and I think somewhere they still have like a little container of ash from uh, from the eruption. Would have been nice if the controlling party was interested in the EPA <laughs> and uh, and parks and you know that that kind of those factors. <laughs> oh uh, no! We are, we are political Phoenix today. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Look, if you can prove that everything isn't Reagan's fault, I'm all ears. <laughs> I cannot. Sir, I, I cannot. Try. Yeah, I, I yield the floor. <laughs> uh, and then my my final bummer of the day is that uh, I actually really like this. It's not even really that much of a bummer. 
the Pennsylvania lottery scandal, which I didn't know about, uh, apparently is otherwise known as the triple six fix where uh, where several guys, including the TV lottery host, colluded to rig this like three digit lottery known like, oh, that's called right. the daily number. Yeah, they they'd because uh, it was like done with balls that would like randomly come out of a machine. And so they'd made counterfeit <laughs> weighted <laughs> balls of uh, of the four and six numbers. And then they just put a bunch of bets like lottery tickets down on all possible three di- three digit combinations of four and six. The combination that came up was six, 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 though. And that's kind of amazing. Uh, but because of how obvious, how fucking obvious they were, the authorities were like, yeah, guys, <laughs> you all bought tickets with fours and sixes in them. And then you told all your family and friends to do it, too. You guys suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of I kind of love that. And uh, at the day, at the risk of this segment being absurdly long, I just wanted to also say that the Empire Strikes Back comes out. The Shining comes out and Pac-Man comes out. Not bad. So uh, I think now that we're in the 80s, I'm going to have a lot. I'm going to have a lot of like modern culture relevant things to talk about. Wait, Pac- Pac-Man, the Pac-Man, the video game or Pac-Man, yeah. like the cartoon? No, the video game. 1980 oh. Pac-Man comes out into arcades. I didn't realize that was from 1980. A volcano erupts. A bridge collapses. Reagan's the nom. It's a great time in 1980. Everybody go <laughs> have some cocaine. <laughs> And I think we're going to start today by talking about the two issues of Daredevil we read. And I think the I mentioned it before, but Daredevil's currently on an every other month schedule, which is why it's going to sort of show up slower in our chronological read through. But uh, but yeah, I actually quite liked these two issues. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they're sort of they're sort of bifurcating uh, two different things that are going on. Uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the first one we read is the end of this sort of saga with Ben, the reporter who catches Daredevil. And then we rehash Daredevil's origin story again. Mm-hmm. They love doing it. With different details and Frank Miller's art. And I was able to kind of, you know, a skim over the parts that were clearly things I've read. Yeah. It's a little yeah. bit. But ultimately it's, yeah, it's just him and him and daredevil talking candidly for for a minute about why he's daredevil and all that and then he ben decides not to publish his article um yeah it's a good issue in a series of really beautiful panels of uh yeah. of like close-ups on ben like lighting a cigarette and then using the cigarette to light his story on fire it was a really mm-hmm. cool like very moody lit uh, but ultimately, scene, this is was, this is the oof. send off to to a writer who's no longer going to be the or at least a storyline uh, that is no longer sort of like the main Daredevil, you know, branch. Right. Totally. I mean, presumably Ben Yurick does know that Matt is Daredevil for the rest of Marvel canon, but it's not going to be like a scary thing at this point. Yeah. The other issue is, I guess. It's a it's a Doc Ock thing, and it's also a goodbye to Natasha, the sort mm-hmm. of on again, off again thing that Daredevil's been having with Black Widow. I got a huge kick out of Doc Ock in the second issue because even though he's showing up in the Daredevil comic, he just can't stop talking about Spider Man. He talked about <laughs> Spider Man <laughs> so much. It was he, like uh, every panel he was in, he was like, "Oh, I I've killed Spider Man a lot, but you're." You're such a problem. Ooh, <laughs> how how do you think you're going to be a bad guy if Spider-Man can't even beat me? Like, he's like some sort of jealous ex or something. <laughs> but this one does a lot of setup as well and introducing 
people and their relationships mm-hmm. and all that. And it's the first issue that Frank Miller is credited as a writer on. Is it? Uh, yeah, but there's another writer still working. But Frank, it's like oh. in the credits, it's, uh, you know, ri- writing and penciling and art. Frank Miller, I think. Is Interesting. Something like that. Yeah, because I don't think he fully takes over like the title until 168. But I didn't I didn't notice that he had already sort of started helping. Yeah, really maybe cool. this will not be in every issue sort of thing. But you can tell uh, if not in um, the quality of writing, which there's also another writer and it's a Doc Ock issue and there's a lot of setup. So this mm-hmm. one quality wise isn't an, like an amazing story. But the way that the dialogue and paneling are so much tighter now is is quite apparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of things I wanted to call out. The first the first issue we read, he's still like recovering in the hospital from his fight with Hulk last week. And, you know, one by one, all the major superhero groups of the time come to sort of pay their respects. But this hospital has Daredevil in there still in his costume. Like, is the is the hospital just like (laughs) respecting his secret identity and working around it? I think like, that's the implication. He's still just like wearing his mask. Yeah. <laughs> you and I are you and I are the same, Andy. I had that written down too. I was like, um, <laughs> excuse you. Yeah. No one's no one's I mean, I guess of course, you know, hospitals, they're just trying to treat people. Like they're not necessarily like I, I I don't know, Hippocratic Oath and all that. They're like more worried about making sure he's alive than they are about unmasking him. But you'd think at some point, like, he looked kind of in a coma, like I wouldn't be surprised if some orderly didn't just like take a little peek, take a little peek or poo. And not even that, like, aren't they going to check his head for like trauma? Yeah. The Hulk destroys him. You're going to tell me they didn't like have to cut off parts of his <laughs> cut off parts of his mask to check his, his head, which is crushed and bloodied. You're asking I'm the important questions, yeah. but they are. Uh... I, I, I know I'm trying not to take us out of it, but like, come on, <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah, there are. There's a lot of there's a lot of things I'm willing to swallow for a uh, for a superhero comic book. Right. I mean, like Mm -hmm. you do it all the time. This shit's not supposed to make sense. But in a medium and 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 a genre which is so worried about people's secret identities, it is funny to just have him in a normal hospital and no one takes (laughs) off his mask. That's all I'm saying. I like Uh, that all the other heroes come and visit him, too. And they just do they do a little mm-hmm. bedside visit and they bring him like a teddy bear, but they're all in costume as well. It's like a fucking make a wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is like a make a wish. Yeah. Like if Captain America comes to visit you in the hospital in costume, you're a make a wish kid. You're mm-hmm. dying. Yeah. And in the in the second one, like I mentioned, he friend zones Natasha after sort of I don't know, seeming like they're really close. Uh, he, I guess he realizes he's still in love with uh, with Heather Glenn. And, uh, you know, fully, fully is like, we're just friends, Natasha. And she's sad, but she has to leave. And at the very end, when she sees them sort <laughs> of almost wild. making out, and I know, this is fucking insane. She's like, I guess I, I you know, it sucks to watch him, you know, watch me lose him, but I, I have to let him go. And <laughs> someone described to me the newspaper. <laughs> Says, I hate it when you leave, but I love to watch you go. <laughs> no, somebody, there's just, there's just a, there's an overly, an overly topical newspaper headline that says, 
<laughs> Natasha Romanoff what? hates New York now and thinks it's stinky and is going home. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to keep me here, says Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> yeah, that's the headline. That's like the subheader. Black Widow leaves New York. It's so good. She declined she, to elaborate. It, it, it gives me... find a reporter. <laughs> it, it, doesn't it? It starts to give you like Archer vibes, where you know the world's greatest spy is a a famous a famous tabloid character, right? Like, how yes. are you going to be a spy if everybody knows you? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> she dates Daredevil. Wait, no, she doesn't. I just read the New York Times, and they say that she broke up with him. <laughs> And she thinks New York is stinky now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I know it, it does seem a little bit like our list had us sort of d- jump into Daredevil, maybe, maybe a hair early because I, it is, it is Frank Miller on, on the art, and that's been nice to look at for sure. Uh, especially when the art is so inconsistent these days. Uh, but the. I feel like we're just starting to maybe get into the interesting stuff and maybe I'll appreciate totally. it more because we've read like a chunk of it, but you know, and, 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 and that's okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself impatient for the full, the full Frank, you know, fair, fair, <laughs> give me the, fair give, enough. <laughs> give me the, give me the full Frank. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That's Daredevil this week. I think, right. I agree. I think it is. And the other five issues we read were all the Dark Phoenix saga from X-Men. And it's continuing to fucking slap hard, hard, hard. It's so good. You can absolutely tell why this one's a classic and why, you know, people have rehashed it so often. This has been this has been a, a joy to read. And they won five Eagle Awards. Really? I don't know. That's what one of the covers said, man. Did it? I'm doing all the reporting cool. here, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can really go down the plot beat by beat because it would take forever because a shit ton happens. But like, what are our what are our impressions of of this chunk? It's not quite over. I think there's still like at least one or two tag issues at the end of this event. But uh, big picture, it's good, right? I mean, I liked how big the world of the story got as soon as she became dark phoenix and we see spider-man yeah. and the avenger or not the avengers we see spider-man and the fantastic four and then we spend a lot of time with uh the shiar who are fun doing well, we they see were silver just, surfer too we see silver surfer of course gene yep. gray blasts around the cosmos for pages which is delightful um yeah then she does battle with the Shi'ar version of the Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a battle? Is, is it really a battle, or mm, is it mm, is it an obliteration? It's an obliteration. Yeah, but there's long there's enough time for them to squeeze in a bunch of Star Trek jargon. Yeah, it was it was strangely emotional at the end, where like this this starship captain, this Jean Luc Picard, uh, calls home to Princess Lalandra and is like. Hey, so uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's the Phoenix, and we're all gonna die. And I just wanted to call and say farewell. And you're just like, oh god, this is a, <laughs> this is an upsetting phone call. And then his best friend is like, let's hold let's hold hands and die together as best friends. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, and and Gina's, you know, Dark Phoenix is off like eating entire suns and murdering entire planets full of people. 
uh, I'm trying to remember what the the line was. It was like it was talking about like the dark side and the light side of a planet, and like yeah, how one no, half it, of the planet was like they died in their sleeps and they died and in they their were sleep the lucky and they ones. were the lucky ones. Yeah, yeah. It's grim. Jesus Christ, fuck. Uh, I mean, we've 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 sort of cart before the horse on this. I have to assume most people are at least familiar with the idea that and and the fact that we've been building up towards Gene sort of going off the deep end with this Phoenix shit. Um, I like I like the I like the build up the the sort of yeah fleshing this, out of the all this shit with the uh, the Hellfire Club and um, Mastermind eroding Gene Gray's like mental barriers was ultimately what allowed mm-hmm. room for the Phoenix to awaken within her. Oh, spoiler, it was the yeah. mastermind the whole time. That's right. Yeah, Didn't we learn that? it was mastermind. We learned, that last week, I thought. We learned that. We we, no, we learned that this week. Oh, yeah. my bad. Yeah, no, it's 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 Jason Weingard or whatever. Uh, he's, he's only hot because he's making you think he's hot because he's mastermind, but he's Which, actually but, not hot. So <laughs> that's true, but it opens up. It, then it's kind of confusing, like, if he, why wouldn't you just always be Jason Weingard if you had that capability mm-hmm. of just like being like, why was he a gross man for so long? That is that is a really interesting <laughs> thing to think about. Um, if you had the opportunity to make yourself hot all the time, why don't you make yourself hot all the time? But I guess maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you, you know, feel un- like would Mystique you feel bad can do about it too. It? Mystique yeah. can do that too. And she kind of prefers her own her own hot blue self. Well, yeah, she's got to find mm-hmm. she's got to find someone who can get down in Blue Town. Like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she doesn't the want someone great down here. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want someone who likes her when she's Jean Grey instead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. Right, this, totally. The mastermind probably doesn't want someone who likes him when he's hot. He just wants to be this creepy old man. Yeah, yeah. and he is a creepy old man. He takes every opportunity in front of as many human beings as possible to just constantly make out with Jean Grey. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really uncomfortable to watch where they're like, ha we've got you captured, X-Men. It was our master... Pl- <laughs> Mastermind, you have to fucking stop. We're talking right now. Let's give it a suck. We're kind of getting... The, these, these last few weeks, we're starting to sort of ramp up the horniness of X-Men, I think. I mean, in a way that's mm-hmm. a little different than how horny the comics are. Didn't uh, Angel make out with yeah. her too? Yeah, Angel and Jean just they they do they French kiss hello and they're like normal about it and they <laughs> both say like we you can't. know like you do with a friend. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I think Jean just does it to everybody, and at this point everyone's like wah wah and just watches it happen. Scott has a line where he says Jason <laughs> Weingart has tricked her into like, he's given the personality of a minx. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a minx, my Jean Grey, a minx. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's super. I, I also, I mean, just in terms of uh, uh, raising that horny bar, uh, we have like a a cutaway for a minute over to Moira on Mirror Island, and fucking Sean comes in and is like, "Hey, Moira, want to fuck?" <laughs> 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 Except I think he, I think he says, "Want to want to fool fool about?" He says, "Hey, do you want to fool about?" And, and she's like. What does she say? She says something like the the mind is willing, but the flesh is is beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just like a like a I don't know an oddly oddly frank like, hey, let's have sex sort of she, moment. Well, Jean, in this comic. Jean Grey and Scott have some sort of psychic sexual uh, 
Yeah, on top of a New Mexico uh, butte. Uh, on a butte in a canyon. And then, I mean, I'm assuming that it's a, for an appropriate amount of time, but the paneling suggests, it says, and then they, like, enter each other. Something a little less, <laughs> a little, a little yeah. less provocative, but it's pretty descriptive. Uh, and then the very next caption is, a week passes. <laughs> so I, for, I think they're on the butte for a week. <laughs> I hope they had some water. <laughs> I I like I like what this uh the storyline is done in terms of like and obviously comics have to do this sort of leapfrogging all the time, but it it does a great job of both being interesting in the moment, being like satisfying reveals of things we've been wondering about for some time, and also laying groundwork for storylines that are not even happening yet. Oh, Wolverine gets really wet this week. <laughs> that, that should be mentioned. Yes. The Hellfire Club sinks him down the sewer drain and the sort of full page, the full page, uh, last page of the issue is just a soaking wet Wolverine talking about how it's his turn to party. <laughs> now Wolverine is mm-hmm. party. And I'm wet and ready to rumble. And then the, because <laughs> then the next issue when he's sneaking back into the Hellfire Club, they, it's like still a plot point. These two mooks are walking yeah. around and they're like, why is why am I getting dripped? Why am I wet? What's dripping on me? And then Wolverine <laughs> like jumps out of the rafters on them. <laughs> it's because I'm soaking wet with sewer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm covered in shit water. <laughs> I'm going to give you so many infections. Uh, um, no, but what I was going to say is that uh I really liked the the fact that in and amongst this like fancy party that the Hellfire Club is throwing that everyone's trying to infiltrate, we we both we're, we're getting introduced very slowly to Senator Kelly, uh, who, of course, will be uh, an important figure coming up. And he's like a, a guest of honor at this party. And then like near the end, when Gene's gone wild and the X-Men are, are escaping, he's like. Like Sebastian Shaw is talking to him like, yeah, mutants suck, right? You know, you could fix that, though, is with a lot of sentinels. And Senator Kelly's (laughs) like, hmm, I am running for president. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, obviously we have some of that to look forward to. Um, Wasn't he in the first X-Men movie, too, Senator Kelly? Isn't he like a major character? Yeah, he's the guy. He turns to goop. Yeah. (laughs) He does turn to goop. I forgot about that. His, his his cellular makeup all breaks down or whatever. Uh, there's an interesting moment uh, when the Avengers get a call from the president. In <laughs> in, in the Marvel Universe, does, is JFK not assassinated? Or is, you know what I no, mean? No, like that's, that's Jimmy Carter. Oh, why is he talking like JFK? I, I think they're supposed to be invoking like a Southern drawl and fa- oh. and, and the, the writing is sort no, of failing at fa- it. Fair mm. enough. The, it uh, it very much reads like, I want to get me the Avengers. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be wild, though, if they were like, no, JFK never died and he's still president in the Marvel Universe. And oh, he's running for a third term. Oh, a seventh term, JFK? Well, time is, somewhat, <laughs> time is somewhat protracted, right? Like these characters have not aged since their 60s inspiration. Right. So, you know, well, and it, it's, Marvel's always quite it's already like with that, that kind of time. Yes. Like it, it's already tough 
like if you look in the in the Marvel wiki, they call it the uh, what is it? It's like the sliding time scale of Earth 616. Yeah. And they keep mentioning it all the time about like, you know, this should be considered a, a reference in the sliding time scale. Like when they're talking about like somebody who is like 30 years old, but fought in the Korean War or fought in the, you know, <laughs> World War Two. And it's like, well, no, they didn't. Or like when someone dies and you see their tombstone and it says like the born and dead dates and the born date is like after their initial appearance in comics. Like <laughs> that sort of thing is like it happens all the time. Uh, yeah. And it's even in the even in the 80s, it's already fully in effect because these kids are supposed to be 20 and they were 20, 20 years ago. So. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough one to manage, but I yeah, Marvel's Marvel's always extremely wibbly. Wibbly wibbly wobbly. I like wibbly. Just <laughs> It's pretty wibbly. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to I want to point out this is this is my th- this was this was why I used our our particular adjectives at the beginning of this episode. My understanding is that the iconic line that happens whenever Phoenix takes over somebody is this one that she says here on the full page of Jean, where she says, I am fire and life incarnate now and forever. I am Phoenix. I feel like that's the Phoenix's catchphrase. That's probably true. I, I'm not equipped to 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 uh, confirm or deny whether that's true. Mm-hmm. I, I never noticed it that, that the Phoenix has a line. I have to talk about a design. I have to talk about a design thing before. We go oh, on yeah. About the dark Phoenix. Do it. They, every Every time they write her name. They're using that like Irish pub font. They're using that like uh, like if you own an Irish you own an Irish pub, and the name of your pub is in this font, and it's I don't I don't sorry like that's it. the rules. I'm I'm judging it. I don't like it. Yeah, it's a little <clears throat> it's a little odd. They I mean I I like it. I mean I like the idea of giving Phoenix like her own special uh like word bubbles like extremely heavily inked word bubbles and a special font. Uh, especially because they don't do that very often in comics right now. Obviously, that that becomes a little uh, it, playing with word bubbles and styling to denote different characters becomes much more of a thing like 20 years after this. But uh, I like seeing it. And I'm not I'm not blaming them for the fact that consumers and trash people took over this font. But I am saying I don't like it. <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> My my favorite design thing that they do is the cover for X Men One Thirty Five. I think uh, is is Dark Phoenix like taking up most of the cover, and she's reaching up and grabbing either side of the X Men logo and like crushing it. Yes, it's very cool. It is very cool. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is a this is a very a very cool storyline. It. Like Rory said earlier, it 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 goes out into sort of a crazy galactic spo- uh, scope, and then it ratchets back in as she she comes home, and you can tell Jean is sort of fighting Dark Phoenix for control of her own mind, and that she ends up going to her like childhood home and finding her family, and that's where the X Men kind of ambush her, and I don't know the Beast has made some sort of weird headband diadem that stops her from using her powers or some shit and they shove it on her head and they fight her and and then i think xavier just mind whammies her yeah into... well yeah the 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 device it's mcguffin except it actually fails it's it's all it all comes down to that's to true xavier's battle that's with true. her but and i liked nightcrawler being able to kind of get the jump on her with it it was it was cool mm-hmm 
I liked. So she returns back home and she's Jean Grey seems like she's maybe kind of coming out of out of the fugue. Uh, but now that she can just hear all thoughts around her, um, you know, all the thoughts that her parents and family have about her sort of send her back into dark Phoenix mode. That's, you know, yeah, it's real. Yeah, totally. I mean, I love that that angle of like how scared they are of her, but like their outward actions are trying to fight against those feelings and trying to be family and loving. But she all she can hear are those underlying feelings of how scared they are. And she reacts to those instead. And it's very cool. I really I really did enjoy it. And then (laughs) I guess she's engaged to Scott at the end of the issue. (laughs) Yeah, because he proposes to her in his mind. (laughs) In their psychic rapport, which we haven't mentioned yet, but has become or quite the buzzword these last few weeks, these last few issues. Yeah, it formed when they were fucking for a week on the Butte in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> now a piece of him is always inside of her and vice yeah. versa. Yeah, it's like a special <laughs> psychic house you have in somebody else's brain. Yeah. <laughs> your own little your own little psychic bedroom. Well, hey, that's uh, that's most of Dark Phoenix. We spent a while like building up to this like quite some time and I'm I'm not upset like that I feel like they landed it pretty damn well uh for for me anyway I I've I'm feeling very very satisfied except for the the kind of storybook ending that we got where everything's fine she's good and she's engaged well <laughs> I think little... uh I mean for anybody who who uh you know has read any more X-Men it, sh- it should come as no surprise that n- not everything is great and cool uh, Jean Grey no. famously is very dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> famously, yes. Well, and and it is it is worth mentioning that I don't think this this storyline is technically over. And at the very end of the issue, right as things look nice, they are all teleported somewhere, uh, and it says next the fate of the phoenix. Yeah. So I don't know. Are they going to go off to get like judged somewhere? Is she on trial? Is it the Shiar? I don't even know. But I I look forward to it. And that's our reading today. So I think this horse, this horse's reins need to get passed to my good friend Shane. Oh, hello. Hello and welcome. Welcome to this week's Fuck, Mary Kill. Uh, thank you for passing me the reins, Andy. Um, I will be driving mm-hmm, this horse mm-hmm. straight into a sun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the choices this week, they're real good. Real easy for me. I thought, yeah, that's good. Um, no, <laughs> I definitely put more thought into it than that. But they are first off, Jean Grey, as Jean Grey. Yeah. Okay. As Jean Grey. Okay. As as Jean Grey. Yep. And then second off, you have Jean Grey as Phoenix. Okay. Okay. And then thirdly, you have Jean Grey as Dark Phoenix. Huh. This I present to you is your fuck Mary kill. Sure. So Marvel Girl, Jean Marvel Girl Jean Grey. Sort of normal Phoenix Jean Grey and then dark Phoenix Jean Grey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm going to err on the side of caution, I think. I think I have to kill Marvel Girl because I'm just not positive. Mm. I'm not positive how old she is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just not going to roll the dice on that one, I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, hang on. Wait a second. We're going to call her 18. She, she likely she, could be. She has to be at least 18. Okay, that's okay then. No, she's, okay. A, she's also she's like the mom. She's like the, also the mom friend. So like, 
she's 18 and the mom friend. You know what? I'm going to stick with my original my original uh, kill of Marvel Girl, because I think okay. I think it, within the magical space of fuck, Mary kill where nothing bad can. Well, maybe things bad things can happen to you if you like it that way. <laughs> I'm going to fuck Dark Phoenix and, and presume I'm not. She's not going to murder me after. Mm. That's my that's my hope for this fantasy. Just have have crazy, have crazy, angry Dark Phoenix. Just have psychic you know, have her psychic way with me. Uh, are you, are you not at all worried that she's going to do with you? Like what she did with Jason Weingart and <gasps> open your mind to the entire universe and turn you into a gibbering mess. Uh, I believe the exact line is some people can handle it. Some people. Yeah. Can. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. That we didn't talk about that panel, but his whole body inside of it is like twisted and exploding with light. That's yeah, a cool. Yeah. Pretty, that's a really, that's a really cool up. panel. Yeah. And uh, I'd be married to I'd be married to regular Phoenix Jean Grey, the one who who uh, likes to just turn her turn her clothes into hot dresses, re- psychically rearrange the <laughs> molecules, and fuck yeah. in the desert for a week. I feel like she's got she's got what I'm looking for. Rory, I I have to tell you that was exactly my reasoning for marrying Phoenix Jean Grey too. Is that she seems like fun, and it's before she's gone off the deep end, and she can do all sorts of crazy weird shit with her mind, and that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so I think I, I think that I do marry Phoenix Jean Grey, but I, I, I will differ with you on the other one. So I personally think that I would be worried that in the course of our lovemaking, Dark Phoenix and I would accidentally kill several civilizations. Uh or maybe that's something that she would do because she gets off on it. I do think there is a line at some point that I need to find desperately. Right, where you're complicit? No. <laughs> so, no, uh, there was a line in the in the <laughs> in the comic <laughs> where they watch her, they're watching her do crazy things as Dark Phoenix and somebody goes using her powers turning her on like oh, the yeah. ultimate physical and emotional stimulant. Yeah, they do say <laughs> that so, about her. And we knew so if we, I was going to fuck Dark Phoenix, I think that she'd probably get off on the murder and I wouldn't want to be a part of it. Well, so does so does regular Phoenix. Remember, she's also horny for the disco. All the dark, all the all the dirty, all the dirty boys at the disco. Get, get her motor going. <laughs> what can I say? I just like disco, guys. Um, yeah, no, but I think I, I think I still will uh, fuck regular Jean Grey. And Mary Phoenix and kill Dark Phoenix, though I don't know how exactly I could kill Dark Phoenix, Jean Grey. Shane? Oh, I marry Dark Phoenix. And tell me why. Because <sighs> she's mean. Shane likes it. I. It's not necessarily <laughs> that I like that she's mean. I'm just saying that sometimes, sometimes assertiveness sometimes is really... Sometimes I want to be spoken to that way. Yeah, sometimes assertive, <laughs> assertiveness is really, really sexy. Um, yeah. Not yeah. towards me, though. I don't like it when it's <laughs> towards me. <laughs> Got it. So, so I like assertiveness aimed at, like, a whole civilization. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look over and you go, oh, my God, that was the hottest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And real. then you make me your little yeah. space bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I kill regular Phoenix. Because okay. if, Why? She, if, re- if well, if regular Phoenix is still around, then she's vying for control of Dark Phoenix, right? 
And that's my wife, man. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ride or die, baby. Yeah, that's my wife. Um, and then I, I guess I have sex with Jean Grey like one time just to rub it in Scott's face. Just to just to look at Scott and be like, yep, we're just having a silly day. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could totally gaslight Scott and be like, no, this is just how we say hello. Like how she makes out with, with Warren. <laughs> Yes. We're totally just friends. We just, when we see each other and it's been a while, we just fuck ourselves a little friendly hello. <laughs> just an appropriate amount of, a transactional all business fuck real quick, just to oh, say Oh, transactional sex. <laughs> oh no. And then he's like, that's my fiance. And you're like, shh, it's, we're just friends. <laughs> She's still your fiance. Hey, as long as, <laughs> I mean, Jean, Jean's her own woman. She can do what she wants. Uh, and she clearly does and scott still hangs around like a puppy so oh he is like a puppy what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh thank you that was that was uh that was issue number 45 of the infinite backlog we got ourselves through some nice dark phoenix content and i'd like to announce at this moment that we are all officially members of the hellfire club mm, nice yeah so uh you know Let's start being horrible rich people. <laughs> no, we can make our own Hellfire Club. It's what? just D and D. We just do D and D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what? Tell me how nerdy our Hellfire Club is. <laughs> well, instead That's... of a mansion, it's my mom's basement, and instead of fancy parties with senators, we have land parties. Ooh, and... land parties. Ooh, land parties, Andy. <laughs> but. But Phoenix is definitely still there. We definitely still get Phoenix to come because we're very cool. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. Right. Hang on. Wait. I'm sorry. In your fantasy, what? Phoenix what? Phoenix shows up to your land party. <laughs> and so she, and has she no problem with it. And she thinks you're hot. And she thinks you're hot. <laughs> Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. Saturday Morning Tuesdays, you guys. It's the show that started it all. Uh, you can hear me, Rory, and Andy. And we are on this journey most Tuesdays where we are looking through the weirdest and wildest, coolest and droolest uh, <laughs> cartoons, children's cartoons, adult cartoons, from all across the spectrum of time. We're going to cover your favorite show. Maybe we're going to talk about the ones you hate. Probably. <laughs> and it's a great, wonderful time. So be sure to catch that. We've also got I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Me, Rory Voy. It's a podcast where I have read Dune and they're my captive audience for an hour. Every Wednesday till we finish the book, we're releasing I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Me. I've read Dune. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content. Everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. 
Um, and you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. Um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.